Hey everybody, um, welcome to the Amateur Theory Podcast. This is going to be a little bit different than our typical episodes, uh, a little bit more overtly political. Um, you know, we're, we're all politically It's bound to happen sooner or later. <laughs> Let's just peel the band-aid off right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, all, we've, had, we've slipped in political takes here and there, particularly like if you look at our Borat 2 video and things, but never, never like a as political as this is going to be. This is going to be borderline punditry uh, for a bit. Um, but the reason for that is because this week, uh, like maybe five days ago at the time of this recording, uh, we had a, a failed, thankfully failed, uh, coup, violent coup attempt on the Capitol building. Um, and, uh, you know, that just... That that's not the kind of thing that happens all the time. This is a, a pretty significant, you know, historical event that we're living through, and uh, you know, I, I thought this is kind of like the medium we have, and I thought it could be a good way to kind of just not only document the moment, but also kind of get you know feelings out and things about it. Um, so the the movie that we watched this week is The Great Dictator, uh, and uh, you know, I won't spell out the parallels for you about why that might have been chosen. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just reflecting back on this last, on this last week, like, you know, it, it the, the coup failed, you know, democracy did not, uh, end, um, no senators or congressmen were, uh, murdered, although people did die, uh, during this attempt. Um, but you could easily imagine you know, if you if we had a, a little bit, you know, a couple more Crowley and Cruz types in government who are just willing to uh, just sell out the country <laughs> for the sake of power, you know, if you just have a couple more people, or even if you just imagined um, the Georgia Senate races had gone a different way, right? Because uh, Kelly Loeffler, who lo just lost, was one of the people who was contesting the election. So you could imagine, you know, how, how different would it feel if, um, you know, the this election fraud idea hadn't been repudiated at the ballot box right before, right? It would have felt so different. And the Republican response probably would have been majorly different as well because, you know, I, I, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know how much McConnell, uh, you know, really had a truly a change of heart about, you know, kind of Trumpism, but uh, something tells me that a big part of his 180 and people like Lindsey Graham, who has just been parroting uh, all the stuff that Trump has been doing up until now, uh, is probably because they see it as a political loser. You know, Trump has now lost the presidency, the Senate and the House. Um, and we saw directly in Georgia that this contesting election thing was politically unpopular. Um, and thank, thank goodness it is. Like, I think that is great, um, but you just, it's not hard to imagine a world where, you know, that's not the case and that there is enough support behind this idea of, uh, you know, upending democracy and kind of making, you know, if my guy doesn't win, then, you know, we're going to make them win. Uh, and so given, given that environment, um, this, this movie seemed somewhat appropriate. And uh, I, I just want to say that uh, I didn't choose this movie to say that uh, Trump is literally Hitler. Because if you're not familiar with this movie, this is a movie from 1940. It's a Charlie Chaplin film, and it's a, it's a satire on kind of Hitler's rise. Um, 
But uh, so the point I was making isn't that Trump is literally Hitler, even though there were neo-Nazis found at the insurrection. So, you know, that's not a good look. But, uh, you know, get, even getting aside from that, uh, the, the thing that really struck me about this movie, uh, and I, I've seen this movie before, so I kind of knew what I was getting into, is that uh, it, it came out in 1940, which is before uh, we really knew the extent of you know, the horrors of Nazi Germany. It was, uh, you know, it was before we found out about the Holocaust. And so the betrayal of Hitler in this movie, which, I mean, it's, you know, the movie is not uh, generous to him. It's it's very critical, uh, very obviously critical of Hitler. But the the critiques it make is often that uh, Hitler is, you know, uh, and I, what's what's his name? Uh, in the movie, Goring Herman, or are you talking no, about the, the the character character's it's, name? It's not. It's not Hitler. It's uh, yeah. It's like Hinkler. Dave. Yeah, Hinkler. Hinkler. But it's obviously meant to be uh, Hitler, comedic variation. Hinkler in the in the yeah. movie, um, but he's he's kind of portrayed to be this like buffoonish, you know, narcissistic, kind of uh, crazy type character. You know, stop me if any of that sounds familiar. Um, but it's yeah, just, the last third of the movie is just him and Mussolini trying to one up each other in like the most yeah. ridiculous ways. And and so it just it kind of shows like the attitude back then um, of you know obviously you, you didn't like the guy, but just the perception of him you know you didn't really get to see the full extent of the danger at the time. And so I just don't I want I don't want people to do that here. I know there's a lot of funny things about a guy in a Viking hat. You know, storming the Capitol, there's uh, certainly, like, the meme potential, but just, and, and, like, you know, I'm not saying don't laugh. Uh, we, we should all be able to laugh at things, but uh, just don't let that, uh, you know, uh, obscure the the uh, the seriousness of what happened. Anyway, that's that's the end of my little soapbox. Just, just for uh, one one uh, minute, just really quick, uh, getting away from any of the political um, kind of parallels and implications, you know, as we usually do. What, what did you guys think of the movie, just in terms of as a movie? Uh, you know, the Great Dictator. What, what did you guys think? So, uh, solid film. I, uh, I well, I've never seen it before, and I've also. I've never seen anything by Chaplin before, so this was my um, first uh, dive into his uh, filmography. Um, and for a film that came out 80 years ago, I think a lot of the comedy is slapstick, but... It holds up surprisingly well. Yes, it holds up surprisingly well. And it's... And even the comedy that isn't slapstick can be like rather clever like it can be silly but silly in a kind of smart way as pretentious as that may sound i don't know um but it's i mean it's it's a solid film it's engaging um and i mean it's as far as i know like this is like one of the most like i think famous satire films ever made I've, I'd never seen it before, but I still already knew the, like, um, closing monologue scene that he gives. Um, but I think even better than uh, the monologue he gives 
at the end of the film is the one uh, he gives when we first see uh, his dictator character, like talking in his like gibberish German. And he's like uh, screaming into the mic and it's like bending backwards. <laughs> um, it's funny to listen to what he's actually saying, too. Because if you listen to the words, he says things like, uh, you know, cheese and crackers and like other little, um, it's just, you know, just one of those kind of clever, kind of fun uh, gags in the movie. Yeah, it's like, like it's nonsense, but it's nonsense that kind of works in the context. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I feel like it's a film with a lot of great moments and a lot of great ideas um uh, and it's the kind of comedy that it, it's funny when you're watching it and then when you think about it um it kind of comes it occurs to you that it's a great idea that they came up with to kind of pull off the joke um uh that said um and i recognize i'm kind of acclimatized to the faster pace of more modern films uh, occasionally, I felt like the film halted the pace of its story in order to kind of amount a mild joke that would last like 10 minutes. So it is a little bit, there's kind of a patience element to it, I think. But um, like it's at its best, it's really worth the payoff. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two hour long film and it didn't necessarily need to be two hours long. But you're fortunately like you're not too bored for most of it. Like it's like if you don't like one gag, then like don't worry, it'll end. Another one will come along. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think this is the oldest movie we've talked about um, on uh, the podcast thus far, and I actually think it holds up better than some of the other older. I mean, there's stuff we watch is. is Plan 9 from out of 6. I don't know if that's a very fair comparison. Um. <laughs> Can I say it right now? The Great, great Dictator? Better than Battlefield Earth. Controversial <laughs> opinion, I know, but... <laughs> but... But overall, I think that we uh, we agree that this is... You know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. Um, there's, there's some... It is... It is it's, <laughs> it's over 80 years old, so it is going to show its age. It, um, and uh, so... You know, comparing it to modern films, there's going to be certain elements where it's lacking. I, I actually would probably, if I was trying to be really critical of this film, I think pacing would be the, my biggest complaint too. Um, but given its its historical significance and the fact that it holds up so well despite that, um, you know, definitely uh, big props to this to this movie. Yeah, and even like when things are different, perhaps maybe even for the worse, like say in terms of pacing in the film length it's still just in my personal opinion interesting to just watch an older film and just see like yeah. how how it was different back in the day it's like oh all right there there are moments in this movie where you can tell um that like because uh, this is this is charlie chaplin's first talkie so there's moments where you can tell he kind of reverted back to the uh the silent film the tramp character yeah, right. kind like of the, the haircut or the shaving scene. Yeah, the scene uh, where he just shaves a man to the entirety of Hungarian Dance Number Five, yeah. like the whole thing, like all like two and a half minutes, and it <laughs> has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. But I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, okay, so we, we agree it's a good movie. Um, what, what do you guys, you know, what do you think that this this political message uh, is as relevant? That I mean, it's hard to say it's as, just as relevant as it was in 1940. I think that's a little ridiculous to say. But uh, you know, how how relevant do you think this movie is in kind of uh, modern times? So another Charlie Chaplin movie. Let me talk about the the speech for a second. Um, the final. I think, yeah, because because uh, certainly this whole film is a satire, right? Um, but uh, it's also a film that I feel like doesn't actually really get to what it really wants to say until that speech. Um, it, it makes fun of the situation that it, um, is occurring, but it doesn't provide a solution. Um, or it doesn't provide its the the alternative until this final speech, this famous final speech at the end, and the it, like. It is my favorite part because it's still extremely powerful. I think it's as uh, the the quality of the speech at this end. Uh, it has the same emotional impact as, um, or maybe even better emotional impact than comparable. Uh, speeches in drama and film such as This Day We Fight from The Turn of the King. Uh, I, I even think it compares it like stacks up to like band, We Band of Brothers and Henry V. It's like, um, I think it's just, it's a great moment. And the, so um, I, I, I kind of want to talk about, I guess, the recent events that uh, Braden has helpfully explained to us. Um, in in terms of this uh, speech, because um, the entire time the setup for the speech is that we see this dictator who's enamored with the idea that the world will submit to him. Like eventually, like every, he'll, he'll control the whole world. The world will think he's a god, and will just do. Yeah, there's the a very famous globe scene. Yes, right. Um, and so uh, the speech is is just a direct rebuttal of that by stating that the two things that make us humans, that make, uh, you know, that appeal to our humanity are liberty and love for one another, right? Um, and this is as opposed to being a machine, right? Like just kind of fitting into the rule that this dictator has imagined for you. Um, and which is specifically lacking in the liberty and lacking in that empathy slash love, right? Um, and so uh, I think one of the made the things that made this riot, this recent riot at the Capitol, so terrible um, is that it, not necessarily because it was a riot, but rather because it was a riot in the service of seizing power in the name of an ideology or like a figure, right? Um, and so I've been really annoyed with some whataboutism I've heard uh, from like social media that kind of compares these to like the beat Black Lives Matter protests in the summer. Like these are comparable, yeah. but they're completely the opposite because these riot, those protests are about gaining recognition. It's about serving empathy. Right. Whereas these riots are about stifling recognition of other people, stike the, the recognition of other people who voted, the recognition of people who aren't white if you're a neo-Nazi at that at this riot. Um, and so it's just it's completely the opposite. And so uh, I felt like this whole movie was really 
relevant to what's going on. Yeah, another thing about the, uh, I don't, I don't want to, because I don't know if it says uh, related to the movie as the point you just made, but another thing that bothers me about the, the BLM and this comparisons mm. is that let's just be ultra charitable and say that like, you know, there are all these bad actors in the BLM who are looting and things, right? Um, the difference between those people and the people who broke into the White House is that the looters are a unfortunate consequence of BLM, right? It's not the point. The point of BLM was not to loot. The point is not to steal the TV, right? If someone is taking advantage of the situation and doing that, that's unfortunate, but that's not what BLM is about. Overturning democracy is the point. It's the reason that these people came to the Capitol. And I, I, I do want to be, I understand that they think that they are protecting it. Um, I think that's very, very short-sighted. Even if you believe that there was massive election fraud, which we all know there wasn't, um, but even if you believe that, the solution is not to then give the vice president almost dictatorial power to overturn state electors. Like that is so, even if you, you think the government, uh, you know, if there was like a mass conspiracy, that is still like the most horrible plan you could have because it, it puts, uh, it gives the, the government dictatorial power to overturn elections whenever it wants then. You know, what happens when the other side has a vice president and doesn't like the election results? You know, and they they just uh, it doesn't matter if it gets thrown out in court. Doesn't matter if the the states recount the vote. Doesn't none of that matters. The vice president said it, so that's who is going to choose the election. It's just so absurd, um, and and just so misguided. Uh, anyway, that <laughs> a bit of a tangent. Now, and speaking of parallels between the film and current events, I'm I'm probably going to sound a bit cynical here. I'll tr I'll try not to be too much of a doomer, but um, I do. The ending monologue is fantastic, very well written, very uh, wonderfully performed by a uh, Chaplin himself in the film. But I kind of remember while watching it, uh, thinking maybe if it was a little naive, because he's kind of mentioning you know aspects like camaraderie and coming together and like it was kind of it came to me as kind of like uh all you need is love and it's these days the the u.s it's so divided it seems just so split and the cynic in me is like well good god like how do you like it's easy to say like oh we just all need to get together and we can overcome this but then you look at the situation it's like man how do you start doing that but at the same time just saying it's like oh give up can't do that is of course no help either um so i mean the so i was yeah i guess i was just wondering like how much water this speech could hold in our times because back in the day i'm like uh, you said earlier, we uh, didn't quite know the extent of um, the horrors of the uh, uh, Nazi just, regime. Quick aside, um, Charlie Chaplin himself. Yeah, said, he said that if he had yeah. known like the full extent of the horrors of like concentration camps and everything, he 
said he would have made the film. Um, And so, but I'm guessing back in the day, most people in the U.S. uh, weren't supporters of Hitler. I I don't actually know. I don't know the data on that, but I I don't think this is this is like right before we got into World War Two. Yeah, this was before the U.S. Right before. Right. Um, Uh, So I imagine that, uh, you know. I, I hope so, yeah. there wasn't too many <laughs> uh, Nazi supporters in the States. I'm sure there were some, but... Based on my very, very limited uh, knowledge of history, I get the impression that, like, there wasn't a big uh, um, percentage of the population that was uh, supporters of uh, uh, the Nazis. Whereas, once again, I'm not trying to call these people Nazis, but like there's a surprising amount of people who like believed in like um voter fraud or like yeah that that got as much traction as it did seems almost yeah, there's a uh, there's a famous quote um I can't for the life of me remember who it's by, but it said when fascism comes to America, it'll be wrapped up in the American flag. And I think that is the uh, the key distinction here is that, you know, you can't fascism and nationalism, you know, name a better duo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's, it's hard that. to get excited about someone talking about how great Germany is as an American. Right. Like, are you, are you going to get excited about that? You need you need the American equivalent. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's true that because um, one of the key ideas that they were kind of conveying is like the like democracy is mentioned over and over in the speech and throughout the film the the opposite of democracy eliminating democracy is often is often referred to right um, but the reality is is that liberty is a stretchy concept what is liberty in the minds of one person could be different from others and you may think you're defending it you know, um, and so it's true that, uh, it, like, in our current context, like, it, you can kind of co-op almost any message and use and make it fit the way you want to make it fit. Um, but I do think that there is a, uh, a statement at the heart of this film that isn't really as much up for interpretation, which is this idea that, um, like your your bully like demagogue figure that you're following is like that that action that action is not a worthwhile action to take it it always comes at the expense of good things right or or better things empathy etc um and i think that you can't that uh, it's hard to argue against um this like uh, this demagogue figure in our current times like this was spurred on by our president current president donald trump and uh they were doing it they came to the capitol in order to put him into power right um so um and i think that's a message that that is kind of airtight a little bit like always don't just follow blindly don't follow the leader you know Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think it's uh, significant, you know, thinking about the movie that there was never, like, the main character was not the uh, 
the anti um the i want to say that the character is damn i keep forgetting it heimler he wasn't the anti uh, dictator right he wasn't the leader who was just some dude trying to like get on with his life and like not get like harassed yeah like he wasn't he wasn't like this person organizing this giant resistance and so you needed to look up to him as like he's the figure and like you know it was more yeah exactly just like he's like a normal guy who's just trying to uh go along to get along uh for the most part but just has like empathy for his human you know fellow beings um and i, th- I think there's something that's uh that's significant about that um again you, you could you know all you need is love kind of thing uh but you know as uh, as naive as that take can be because you probably need more than love sometimes um it's uh if if we all had enough love you probably wouldn't i guess it's kind of i mean yeah it's more people. inspiring than like going like well everything's fucked let's give up <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> let's just throw in the towel guys um now if there was uh if there was more empathy and and you know, to that end, I, I want to say that uh, all of the people, it, it amazes me how um, people on the right are so unempathetic to their own people, right? Like, they're immediately, Trump threw him under the bus. Like, do you, can you imagine that, like, you, 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 your life is ruined, right? Like, you've, you've paid for a flight ticket. You've been, like, uh, talking up Trump for, for, you know, years now. And then you get a plane ticket to put him into power into D.C. And then you stormed the, the Capitol. Trump gives you a little thing about like, yeah, we're going to go to the Capitol. You're all special people. And, you know, you're all pumped up. And then as soon as things go a little sideways politically, like it starts looking bad, Trump's like, oh, but I don't condone any of the violence. And all of the Republicans that have been on your team, you know, are all like, yeah, lock them up. Like this is not – we're now they're bad. Um, but the, the, the election was still rigged, by the way. Uh, so, you know, what you were doing was, was a righteous cause, but, uh, you know, we want to put you in jail anyway. What a horrible, horrible thing. Um, it's, and that's not to get rid of any personal responsibility of these people. I mean, obviously. Ideally, that would be a wake-up call, like maybe (laughs) a splash of water in the face, so, like, gets you back into reality again, (laughs) but, um. But anyway. Um, I guess those, that's our, uh, our our thoughts on on this very classic old movie slash our thoughts on the uh, recent events. Um, given that we you know mentioned uh, Hitler and Nazis in this conversation, uh, YouTube is definitely not going to uh, promote this content, which is where most of our uh, viewers are. So if you liked this. You know, give it a like, give it a subscribe, because uh, we're not going to get viewers otherwise, probably on this one. Um, but uh, thank hashtag you YouTube can't handle the truth. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, we will uh, probably have another episode episode for you around the end of the month. Um, now that we're on this uh, twice a month kind of cadence. So um, yeah, thank you. Until next time. Till next time, everybody. Love your neighbor.